So Victory Garden used to be a thing of North America during World War II, but Batavia and I think it could possibly be something that the whole world can join in on now, and we're going to break it down for you. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. And this podcast is a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary, Backyard Gardens, a documentary about two families growing food for the first time in a world that lacks nutrition. So I guess maybe the fourth time was a charm, Batavia. <laughs> I felt really good about that last intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little better than the other ones. So, yeah, we, we have, I think we collectively agree here that the world needs to enact victory gardening. And it's a weird time, wouldn't you say so? Well, definitely a weird time. And um, it's funny because... And this is a probably for another podcast, but I'm just going to give a taste of it. I have felt like I have almost needed to justify some of the things I do with plants and flowers and gardening. Um, this is over the years, right? And so um, I've come to the realization over the last three months, so pre my realization of this virus, that you know I don't have to justify it for anyone. It's it feels good and right to me. Um, so now you fast forward to kind of, you know, February, March, where we are now. And I really, I feel like there is a purpose for, you know, this gardening that we've all been doing. And it falls right in line with kind of what we're going to talk about with victory gardening uh, or a victory garden. Um, so, so yeah, definite weird time. Well, but I think that there's solutions that we already are aware of and we just can apply some of those yeah. right well i don't think you need to justify anything about your gardening i think you need to justify your gardening for 2019 but if you go back oh i'm gonna do some math real quick 80 mm-hmm. years to world mm-hmm. war Two, when the victory garden was enacted and for those who don't know basically the world was at war America was spending all of its money on ammunition. The women who traditionally did not work at the time went back to work into the factories to build ammunition and parts and stuff like that for the military. And the federal government put out a thing calling for people to make victory gardens. And it was literally just planting a garden to help feed your family, feed others around you, and to help ease the strain on the food system. And so, like, I have right here pulled up on my computer, it's a, um, I don't know, a flyer maybe? Infographic or something. Mm -hmm. About it. And it's, yeah, an infographic from the 40s. It says, grow it yourself, plant a farm, garden now. You know, it's a real simple concept. So, um, at the time of this recording, and for the last at least a week in the States, we've been hearing things where professionals are saying, this is how you can help. 
right? You know, we're in the midst of how you can help us to stay at home. You know, we've seen kind of, you know, healthcare professionals and, you know, governments um, saying things like, we're looking for people that can make masks. We're looking for people that, you know, that have some healthcare experience, like this is how you can help. And so when Ben called me and talked about, you know, he started this victory garden, my initial reaction was like, this is another way that we can help. You know, so I kind of get chills yeah. thinking about it now. Um, but, but yeah. Well, it's not a marketing no, ploy. No, not first at all. all. Not at all. That's not what this is. And I did a video. It just came out on YouTube. Um, the Backyard Gardener about calling my garden a victory garden, essentially, because that's what it is. And I mean, it's just a victory garden because literally the entire world is at war with something that's invisible. You know, there's no seen enemy at this point. And I mean, Batavia, do you feel like we're going to run out of food and not be able to I get food? I still don't feel that we are going to be without, right? I um, do feel, and we shared this in the kind of original coronavirus podcast that we did a couple of weeks back now, I shared that, and I think Ben agreed, that we may reach a point in the near term or midterm where things are limited, our access to certain things are limited. And that's why we've both made some strides to kind of have more in our garden, if you will. Um, I don't know, where are you at? Are you still at the point of, you know, food will be available, but maybe not what we all may want? Yeah, no, I... I as I stutter, um, <laughs> no, I think that we were going to have food, but I mean, the real reason why I'm thinking I want to do it or not why I want to, why I am doing it is because it eliminates you having to go out and being in public, you know, especially if you're already a hermit, then, you know, that's even better for you. But I mean, in all seriousness, you know, you don't have to be exposed, I guess is the right term. And the other thing, too, is there are people who either physically can't garden, don't want to garden, don't know how to garden, don't have the space to garden mm -hmm. something. And for us people who can do it, I think that it's good to leave that there for them. Leave it for the people that really yeah. need it, you know. Like I might need a little bit more spinach or something so I can pick some up. But, you know, in the past, gardening, I mean, I look at it as like it's a way to feed my family, but... It's always been like a hobby. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like, and I don't, I don't want to really say life or death, but you know, it's not really, um, a main mm -hmm. food source for us. It can be, but it hasn't because you know, if something happens, you're like, Oh, well I'll just start over. But now things are a little bit more serious. And so that's kind of the big thing that people can do now. And like I, I put on my Instagram the other day, that seed companies are sold. They have, they're not sold out of seeds, but they have so many orders coming in for seeds that they cannot keep up with them, which is crazy. Yeah. I, um, so we went through kind of the victory garden. It's, you know, planting things that you could ultimately share with people that may not have, you know, maybe not have a garden, may not have access to that particular food. Um, and it's funny because the reason why it spoke to me when, when Ben mentioned it, when he called was, like that's a part of what I've wanted to do with my garden. So we're at like what I have 77 beds, right? Um, so the 77 beds, um, 
130. Like it's actually, there's a ticker. It's actually just 139 now. Uh, So with all of those beds, if I was uber thoughtful and planful, I could probably create enough food with preserving um, and different means for me to really uh, live a, a while on, right? I could probably do that. That's not, had not been my plan. I like to grow things. I like to grow a variety of things. I like to try things out. Um, And it's always been my intention to, um, in the short term, share some of the things that I grow, right? In the longer term, maybe it is some, you know, I'm on a farm somewhere and that's my livelihood, you know, we'll see. Um, But it spoke to me when you mentioned it being because like that's a part of my desire. But what I had not done was given real thought to how can I get the most out of my garden um, to be able to real have the purpose of sharing, you know? Um, right. So, so yeah. So if you heard a bunch of creaking right there, this is, video thing we use choose up a battery uh, on a phone i had to go get oh, a battery gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but um no i i completely agree with you and i mean i don't know i just think about the elderly and mm-hmm. stuff like that where you know they can't go out so like you know if they needed something like i could go get something out of my garden and bring mm-hmm. it to them and i feel like that's you know at a time like this it's not a time to be like stingy and help everybody yeah. out or not help people out. I think you need to step up and help people out, your loved ones, Mm -hmm. your neighbors. You know, I'm not saying go drive across town, but you know, it's all local Mm -hmm. at this point. Like everything that everybody, every, everybody does gardening is all about local, Mm -hmm. local, local. And now it really is local. We're, we're quarantined essentially. Well, we, we, again, we've established and this, our opinions may change, but at this point we believe grocery stores will remain open and we will have access to them. Um, but it's not, this isn't the kind of doomsday plan, right? That's not what we're talking about. Um, we're really, I'm looking at this to say again, kind of what can you do to help? You know, um, yeah. you can, you know, get in your car and take someone, maybe an elderly person to the grocery store. That's a way to help. Obviously, we've covered off, you know, what we were being asked to do, staying at home and such and social distancing and all of that. But it's such a gesture to give someone, you know, something from your garden. Um, and the reality is, while we've all probably done this in previous years, um, like I said, like how about let's be a little bit more planful around it. Like let's make that a part of our intention. Um, and it warms my heart and it makes me kind of excited as well. I've actually been thinking about, um, cause I've started some seeds indoors and things are going good just as a side note. Um, but I have been thinking about, you know, maybe pulling back a couple of things that I was going to grow to plant a few more things that are more apt for sharing, you know? So yeah. I'm on team victory garden. Well, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you got to plant the things that are going to get you the most of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's the, the important part. And we kind of, we touched on that last episode. If you want to hear our, our plants that we recommend, then I would definitely do that. But you know, it's not an uncommon concept to have a victory garden. And essentially, I mean, we've all had victory gardens to an extent but now we're actually putting a name mm-hmm. on it. And I think, you know, bringing the, actually calling it a victory garden and looking at it in that way can help you too. Because now you, <clears throat> excuse me, you look into like saving seeds. 
because like I said, people are going out and they're buying all of their seeds and stuff like that. So they can't keep up with orders. So saving seeds, getting stuff like that, you know, like I had a panic moment the other night because I started growing carrots for the first time this year. And while they do hold over well, I learned in my research that carrots do not seed the first year. They're biennial. So you have to let a carrot grow for a whole year. So I'm like, well, dang it. Let's just say for some reason I can't get any more seeds next year. Then I don't have any carrots. So I went out and I was like, well, let me go get a couple more packs of seeds just to be safe. Because either way, I'm not wasting the money. Like I'm going to use it, you know, next year I'll use them or whatever. But and I'll still leave a carrot in the ground to see if I can get it to seed. But, um, you know, that was kind of one of the things where I I had to look it up. I'm like, well, how does how do you collect Mm -hmm. a seed from this? Because, you know, some seeds are super tiny. And you can't tell if you're looking at a speck of dirt or a seed. <laughs> You'll find out when you plant it next year. Yeah, I think that um, that when it comes to the the things that we're growing and the seeds in particular, I've gotten a lot of emails like you're talking about, Ben, where they're just saying we're overwhelmed with requests for seeds, you know, um, and that we're working hard to fulfill those uh, requests. But you also have to think about there's some instances where the people that you see every day that are being asked to stay home from work, why wouldn't these businesses also be impacted? I actually have um, potato seeds that are on not back order, but that were being held to deliver like starting in April. Um, and I've mm-hmm. ordered them online. I've paid for them. I expect them to be shipped, but I was out in the store last week and I saw some seed potatoes um, and I bought them, right? It's a different variety. I did do double that double checking, a different variety. It's um, more late season. And I wouldn't have done that had this not been happening now because I really would like to be able to provide potatoes for myself and others, right? Um, And so again, for me, I think the biggest thing is access. While these things will still be produced, it may be at a slower rate when it comes to purchasing them from places, while these things um, may still be produced, it may be, you know, slower to get to you. Um, so I've really been kind of looking at this. I've bought more seats than I actually had at the beginning of the year. Um, going back to you, just, you never know what's going to happen with your harvest. Are you going to be able to save seeds? So, and that's everyday gardening. That's just not, you know, in the middle of a pandemic or anything like that. Um, so I, I think that it's made me a little bit more conscious, if you will. Right. Um, and then I wanted to go back, like I know the the direct connection to Victory Garden and it's about, you know, it's also called like a war garden. Like in my mind, though, when I hear it, it's, you know, it's perseverance. Right. You know, so I don't directly connect it exactly. to, you know, this. I don't think about it in the negative to say, OK, there's a war. You know, I, I do agree, though, that's we're we're in a different type of war, one that. I've not seen in my generation. Um, but when I think about a victory garden, I'm glad you use that kind of reference to it versus some of the other ones that it's called. Like that makes me so hopeful, you know, that kind of, that's the tomorrow that we can look forward to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I, I'm almost nostalgic about it. I'm so excited about it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and there's something cool about that time frame, you know, I mean, if you go online, you can look up Victory Garden videos and, you know, you can find the stuff that they put out um, back in the day to kind of promote it. And I mean, basically, the federal government at that point was teaching people mm-hmm. how to garden. 
They had a very, they pushed it really hard. And I mean, people tore up their front yards. How dare they? (laughs) Their backyards, (laughs) you know? And I mean, that goes, and I mean, people lived out of these gardens. And, but the thing is, is it created a sense of community at the time. Everybody was together working in their gardens. All their families were together. And when you sat down to eat something, you actually like, you enjoyed it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like I asked my grandmother, she's, um, I think she's 92 <laughs> and she's in the movie and she grew up in a farm. And when I was interviewing her, I was trying to, you know, cause I really, in, in the movie, I really wanted to talk about victory gardens and I was like, cool. She's old. She's going to be on it. <laughs> she had to have been around. You know what then? I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. She was there. And I asked her and I was like, so did you have a victory garden? She goes, what's a victory garden? I said, what do you mean? What's a victory? What's a victory garden? She was like, we lived on a farm. We garden anyway. She's like, I never heard of a victory garden. I'm like, where the hell were you at in the forties? She's like, I was in the field planting beans and okra. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know? So, I mean, that was just a way of life sure, back yeah. then. And I mean, they would go and well, she didn't go into town. They killed their own hogs and stuff, but you know, a lot of people would just go into town to get mm-hmm, meats. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that, or maybe top off yeah. their vegetables, but not, they didn't depend on it like we do. So it's just this, you know, it's a really good push. And the reason why I want to call it a victory garden again is just to kind of, kind of hammer it home, you know, the sense of perseverance and, you know, the struggle mm-hmm. is real, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, the garden too is not just about, is not just about providing food and survival. But it's save mm-hmm. money. You know what I mean? If you plant the right crops, you're going to save money. So Yeah, I am. Um, That's my thought. I still think that it creates some level of normalcy as well, um, you know, as we go forward, right? There is, there's a lot of focus on what we're not able to do and what we're not able to have right now. Um, and, we, right. you know, here in the States, we're still at the beginning of this when it comes to kind of how it's changing your life. Um, and there's no timeline that we're aware of. So we don't know how short or long this may go when it comes to how things are different and how different things may become. Um, but it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, you know, before there is a bit of control that people want to try to take on, on a thing. Right. And it gives them some, um, some, you know, it soothes them a bit, soothes them, makes them feel a little bit better. And I feel like, you know, one, starting a garden, uh, we've talked about benefits of that in general, pre-pandemic. And we've also talked about starting a a garden in light of this pandemic. And now we're talking about kind of a more focused garden, if you will. Um, So I look at this and I say, it's always been my goal to encourage someone else to start a garden. It's part of the reason why I was so excited about joining this podcast. Um, And I'm happy to say, I feel like there's some people that may be like considering it a bit more than they were, you know, three months ago, six months ago, a year ago. Um, But think about if just, you know, one in every five listeners or one in every 10 listeners that hasn't hasn't started a garden actually starts one. Right. You think about the amount of food that they could produce and then one more person and one more person and so on. Like if one person on my block started a garden, you know how excited that would be? You know how much more food that this block would have access to? Mm hmm. 
Well, first of all, you're going to like the next update that we do then, um, just to mm-hmm. let you know. A little teaser for you. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But um, in a world with a pandemic, there are good updates to come from Backyard Gardens. But um, no, and I agree with you. There's there's a lot of things that are, I mean, you know, I think we've talked until we're blue in the face about the benefits of gardening. But I think now is important because when this is all over with, if it is going to be over with, you know, I think that there could potentially be a lot more people gardening and providing for their families. You know, I saw something posted the other day and they said, you know, the coronavirus actually isn't all that bad. I've learned something shopping and malls and grocery stores and everything. It's all just a fleeting moment mm-hmm. in life and it can be gone in a split second. And I was like, yeah, you know, it, it's totally true, you know? And I think after a couple of weeks of people staying at home, you know, people are going to get bored. Mama or dad is going to, daddy's going to look at the uh, shovel in the corner and be like, I'm fixing to go <laughs> dig a hole and put a seed in the ground. <laughs> You know, because I mean, it's something yeah. to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. You the know? weather is changing here within the Midwest. Like, so we're right at the beginning of the official spring um, and it's still pretty chilly here. I mean, we're still getting 30 degree temps, but the weather is going to change. Like there's some things that are going to keep on doing what they do, no matter what this pandemic does. Right. So the weather is going to change yeah. from cold to warmer. Right. You know, and I don't it's my hope. I don't believe we'll still be on a lockdown, if you will, you know, in May. I hope not. But it's a little bit easier for us in the Midwest because it's still cold outside. Right. Like we're not in California, so we don't have this beautiful weather or I'm not in North Carolina like Ben, who had 80 degrees like a week or two ago. But anyway, that's and now it's 50. Listen now, beggars can't be choosy. You got 80. Live with that. (laughs) But I said that to say, um, the things that you're doing while at home, you will want to change that. It's going to be really tempting to be outside. And it's still fine for me to go outside, for us to go outside. But wouldn't it be nice to have something right. to do that's right in your own backyard? Saw that? Did you, you catch on uh, to that yeah. backyard? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I thought you were going to say front yard for a I second. I was actually going to follow up with front yard, but decided against it. We were gonna we we're gonna have to cancel the show if she does that. So we have an agreement, an unspoken agreement, unsigned agreement. My lawyers are still looking but, at it. Yeah, there they are. They're still they're mulling it over. But uh, no, and I mean even and all jokes aside, though, front yards were a big source of crops back then. Now there is a problem that I am having right now. Um, give me one second. I'm having an issue with people in my neighborhood saying that, um, you know, I talk to people and I'm like, they're like, well, what do you think, man? You think I need to go to the grocery store and stock up? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I think it would be a good thing to do. I don't think it's completely necessary, but I think it would be a good thing to do if you did that. And they say, well, I mean, you got a big garden. I'll just come over to your house and eat. (laughs) And it's like, well, yeah, I got a big garden, man, but, I'm sorry, like, it's, you know, it's not just an open mm-hmm, buffet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I told one guy, I was like, man, I got a shovel. I got a pack of seeds. You're welcome to the mm-hmm. seeds, bro. You know, now's a good time to learn. But, you know, and I've had pe- multiple people say this to me. And I'm like, man, it, does, it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Because you have to remember, 
the victory garden wasn't just about eating during the mm-hmm. summer. It was about carrying it through the winter, which was food preservation. So you had to grow in abundance so you could can freeze and all that stuff. I was so. watching this video. It's probably gone viral of this supermodel that was showing kind of her airplane routine. This is at the real onset in the States uh, when it comes to the coronavirus. And it, in this video was probably older, but she was showing how she basically gets into kind of her first class little seating area on the plane and how she cleans everything down and how she, you know, tries to protect herself against germs and all. And so the person behind her said, you know, maybe I should have you do mine. Right. And so she said it, it was, it, it was a kind of a smart response from the woman, but the supermodel said, you know, I can give you these. She was handing her the wipes to use, you know, but I'm not going mm-hmm. to do it for you. Right. And as you were just telling that story, it's the a part of what we're doing with this podcast. We we want to help you and give you information that will help you with your garden. It's no different than the people that are directly around me. I want to help them. Right. You know, but you, I want you to have some skin in the game as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that I want to help you. And, you know, if somebody comes up to you and they're like, well, I'll pay you for the food. Well, thanks, mm-hmm. but no thanks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not interested in that. You know, I, I'm interested in, in you stop worrying about your mm-hmm. grass and dumping chemicals into your grass and dig a hole. My best friend in the world, um, I lived with him for years. We go way back, way back, way too far. I'm not even going to say how many years. But he was talking, telling me, he was like, hey, man, send me some seeds and I'll start a garden. And I said, you know what? I was like, I'll send you some seeds. But I was like, you go dig the hole first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You prepare the site and then I'll send it because he mm-hmm, won't do mm-hmm. it otherwise. I love him to death. And he said he's going to listen to this podcast. So, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Headface. But, um, you know, it's like you dig the hole. I'll mm-hmm. be more than happy to send you what you need. But for right now, like, I'm not going to do it, man. And he's like, well, what do I grow? And I'm like, anything, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you want to grow? He's like, tomatoes, zucchini. I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. That's that's absolutely perfect. Like, because once you get it in the ground, you get started. Then the next year, you can be like, well, let me let me add this, mm-hmm. let me add that. So, well, that's the thing. That's the um, the skin in the game, right? So he digs the hole, and now he's in a moment mm-hmm. where, okay, I have the tools. It's I mean, I think maybe not this guy, but I think sometimes there is laziness around it where you don't want to do the thing. You want to go kind of what is the easier route. Hey, let me give you a few dollars for it. Um, but if we. Oh, no, he's lazy. <laughs> so if we talk about and let's just say people in general as well. As we talk, If we talk about a victory garden, a victory garden isn't effective if I'm the only one in Chicago that has one. You know, so it exactly. doesn't meet the purpose we're trying to meet. Um, and I, I look to say while I don't expect everyone to have 184 beds. 233. We don't expect everyone to have 233 beds. And it's not, this isn't saying that you're not helping if you don't, you know, if you don't put a garden out, if you don't create a victory garden. That's not what we're saying here. Um, We're just highlighting one more way that you can help. You're listening to a garden podcast. So we we hope there's some interest in gardening. And, um, you know, we're we love a good movement. Right. You know, so, wow. What about bringing that kind of movement back? Right. Yeah, it's it's I mean, in all honesty, for the most part, 
gardening is a lost mm-hmm. art, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, by as a whole in our country, at least, I don't know about the rest of the world, but I'm imagining in like big cities and stuff like that, you know, a lot of people just, you know, they don't know where their food comes from. And now is an opportunity to be like, you know, if you're scared, this is something you can control. This is something that you can continuously work at to know that you're going to be providing. And I think that's clutch personally. I mean, you know, to have that comfort and be like, you know what? I might be hungry today, but in 32 days, I'm going to have me some zucchini, (laughs) damn it. You're here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, um, when it comes to, you mentioned, and it just slipped by me, you said like next year, you were saying something about next year, because it's our hope that when you talk about putting a garden in this year, right, you take what you learned this year and you apply it next year and you apply it the year after that until you get to 233 garden beds. Um, and then you can just stop. 248 oh, there you go so yeah it goes up all the time <laughs> an extra what 15 garden beds now i gotta start all over right yeah um but so let's let's talk about because you've already started you have uh if you guys watch the video you actually have it labeled you know so you have deemed one of your beds a victory garden right what are you growing in your victory garden okay everybody Take a 30 second break, go get you a cup of tea and sit back because we're going on a ride. So I'm sure if you're a regular listener, which first of all, if you are, thank you. You know that I have I'm tinkering with square foot garden. Okay, and in the next update, Batavia and I both will have a huge announcement about that. But um, what I've done is I decided, okay, I was going to do one square foot garden. I have four, four by eight beds. And then I have one bed that I've broken up into two, I believe it's eight by eight beds. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was the big area in the woods. Oh, okay. okay. But um, so I've turned two of my four four by eight beds into um, square foot beds. And then my four, my two eight by eight beds are going to be like, I don't know if you call it square foot gardening, but it's like semi. So where I, I put some plants in there, but um, what I've got so far is I've got chard, lettuce, um, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, carrots, onions, spinach, peas, um, snow peas, and I actually got a ch- cherry tomato plant out right Do now. Do you now? So okay. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it lasts because it's still a little chilly, but I, I'm convinced that global warming has really kicked in <laughs> this year just to boot. So, um, but yeah, you know, and then we're going to add some like zucchini, green beans. Oh, I got a lot of green beans. I did um, bush green beans in the square foot beds. And then on the trellises, I'm going to put regular vining green beans for the simple fact that I get a lot of green beans and I can can them. So, and they're easy to can. Generally, do you prefer bush uh, beans or the trellising kind? I usually grow the trellising kind, but here's the thing about square foot garden. I don't know enough plants to put into it. So I'm having to dig really hard to figure out different plants to put into it. Cause there's so many more plants yeah, into this garden yeah. and I'm not sitting here trying to tell anybody to square foot garden. Let me go on record right now. Cause I, the jury mm-hmm. is still out. But I figure if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go in deep. That's yeah, how I yeah, roll. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, there's zucchinis and then we're going to have potatoes and melons. This is all and, in the same you know, bed? Just all or... that stuff. 
no, that's okay, spread okay. out. So the chard, lettuce, broccoli, cabbage, and um, Brussels sprouts are all in the same bed with the carrots. So it's your entire so, garden area. You've deemed that a victory garden. Like you have a victory. Yeah. My entire garden yeah. from the pollinators to the pollinator wildflower garden to the vegetable garden to the edible landscape to the herb patch by the back door, the whole space. And, you know, I even talked about in the video, like I was like, maybe I shouldn't do this, these wildflowers right now. Maybe I should just put vegetables in there. And I was like, you know what? The pollinators are just as important as the vegetables. Like you have to have so, those. Um, so we just went for it. Ben sent me about a month ago a special box and I keep like everything it feels like, but I keep the boxes that I get because I can use them. I can use them to be in the garden. So I'm convinced that there was a recording device in that box. And I'm convinced that that recording device somehow recorded what I was thinking this morning because <laughs> I was looking at, I'm starting see another round of seeds this afternoon and I was looking and saying, and we'll talk about some of the adjustments that we're kind of making in light of this pandemic for our garden. Um, but I, oh, yeah. I was saying to myself, we don't talk about this piece a, a lot because I haven't converted Ben. I love flowers, right? Like, I want to grow all of the flowers. I think I have a better chance at converting people's lawns to, you know, kind of flower beds. And I'm working on that on the side. But I was looking at all of my seeds for flowers. I haven't started any yet. And I had a moment of, should I be growing less flowers and more food? Right. And so. In your case. Yes. We're not there yet. (laughs) Calm down, people. We are not eliminating the flowers. (laughs) But the listening device should have recorded this piece. My thought was, I'm actually going to go back through my seeds and look to see what are the kind of strongest pollinator uh, flowers, right? So while I am not going to grow less flowers, I am going to be more targeted in the kind of purpose of the flowers that I'm growing. Um, And this in part has nothing to do with the pandemic. I don't anticipate bees are going to be impacted, but we also know that there's a whole issue when it comes to bees and potential extinction of bees, right? So a part of doing, you know, my part is to amp up what I'm doing from a pollinator perspective, because I'm also, again, clearly growing more food, so. Well, let's talk. Let's let me hold on one second. What happens if we lose all the bees? There's a lot of hand pollination. One. No, one, one, one thing that happens if we lose all of our bees. Tell me, what's the one thing? We all starve. Every, every bit of food doesn't require um, pollinators, but a lot of it does. (laughs) Yeah. You will not like to eat in a Mm -hmm. world without bees. Mm -hmm. Let me put it that way. So that being said, and as a gardener, it, it's your duty to make your area happy mm-hmm. for pollinators. You know, I mean, even though I've never really been really big in the flowers and this year I already kind of was like, I knew that I needed to get my pollinator game mm-hmm. up. And that's why I did the, the um, wildflowers. But um, that and they're supposed to be really easy, but jury's out on that, too. I'll yeah. let you know next year. So if we're year. adding the, you know, your your <laughs> your list, like you got to be okay with dirt as a gardener, right? You, Damn you right. should. That's that was for you, just so you know. You should be okay, or you should be um, interested in playing a role when it comes to pollinators. But this is my. So I am the good cop or bad cop or somewhere in between. Like 
Don't start listening to this and thinking, wait a minute. So now I got to have to look up what a pollinator is. Like these are pieces that I have come to as a gardener. I didn't know or care about pollinators in year one of, of my garden. Right. Um, and Mm-mm. if there is anything that creates a pause in you when it comes to creating a garden, I'm going to say, toss it, toss whatever that thing is, you know, whatever. get it out. The yeah. thought, the, the hurdle. But Most people already have a flower growing yeah, in their yard. Yeah somewhere and that's really what i mean if you have a flower you're gonna have Mm -hmm, a pollinator mm -hmm. of some sort come by and visit and you know i am not a big flower guy you know my wife likes them but she doesn't want to do anything to grow them (laughs) so it's on me but you know we kind of researched and figured out what the right thing to do was but i mean literally all i've done for the wildflower is i cleared an area and i threw some seeds down i watered it and guess what Mm -hmm, they're growing there it is so, and the reason why I did is because they supposedly reseed themselves every yeah. year. So, no effort whatsoever should be involved in this garden. Batavian can see me rolling my well, eyes, I, hoping yeah, that that's the, first the case. But half a second was like you being stern, and then the next three seconds was you realizing that you don't have a whole lot of control here. So <laughs> the garden gods yeah, will decide. I have no say yeah. This. <laughs> yeah, but and I mean, you know, planning flowers inside of your beds and stuff like that but long story short it's important for you to get a garden started and stick a flower in the ground too (laughs) if you really want to help because i've had to hand pollinate some of my crops before and it is not a pleasant experience so um should we do a separate episode about the things that we hate to do in a garden as gardeners um we don't have enough time oh for that. Oh my gosh. I'm episode. just going to give you one thing then. I am not, unless I am forced, brute force, I am not going to hand pollinate anything ever. I was forced to, but yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, you know, uh, if I, I guess I got to give you one now cause mm-hmm. it's gotta be even. I just hate weeding. That's all there is to it. I hate it with a passion. Can I comment on your hate for it? Well, it's not your hate that I'm commenting. It's funny because when you listen to other gardeners, when you watch other gardeners' videos and clips and, you know, listen to podcasts and so on, like you hear other people's problems. Like Ben was talking about his forever fight with fire ants. And I was kind of like, phew, glad I don't have that problem. So weeding and... You know, I, I may be about to lie. I, in recent years, haven't had trouble with weeding. However, I have had completely overrun garden space where weeds were literally waist high. Yeah, so those are probably miserable moments in the garden, but I did it to myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say that I'm okay with pulling a couple of weeds because my weeds are generally limited to a couple. I don't have them running rampant like you guys do. That's what... That's your. That's how you pay for getting the eighty degree weather in March. You got to give up something. That's exactly yeah. what it is. That's exactly what it is. And I mean, well, that and, and there's. I don't want to really go down the weed path too bad, <laughs> but I'm going to. If you have a yard with no grass, the weeds fill in mm-hmm. where there's no grass. So in order to keep the weeds down, you need more grass because it chokes out the weeds. Well, the weeds fill in; they blow into the garden. 
So that's part of the issue. The other issue too is before like our house was our house was built and we bought it. So this land hasn't even been cleared for I guess 4 years now. Wait, you, why don't you have so grass the, though? Because it's hard to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. Grass is well, it's not hard to yes, it is hard to grow, but it's hard to water because it gets mm-hmm. so hot mm-hmm. so fast here. So like it's March. Our frost date is April and it's already been 85 mm-hmm. degrees. So by April, it could very well, it could freeze April 14th and it has done it before. And then April 15th, it'll be 90 yeah. degrees. And then it's like, well, at that point you're just chasing the dragon. You know, you're, you're, you're constantly trying to water to keep up, keep it cool and all that. So I've officially given up mm-hmm. on grass and say, you know what? You do what you want. I'm going to focus on my vegetables. I don't even care anymore. Cause I just don't have the money yeah. to put into yeah. it. Especially so. out of, for you, something that, you know, it's not like there's some joy or satisfaction that comes out of green grass for you. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But I did tell my wife the other day to bring it right back to the subject. I was like, you know what? I'll pull up every stitch of grass in this yard. Just have nothing but a, a huge farm in my backyard. And I have no problem. She's like, do it. So I've seen clips of your backyard and it's huge. And I have been secretly, but clearly you've heard it on the listening device. I've been secretly waiting for you to pull that trigger. I'm just like, I'm, I'm at a distance saying, dig it up, dig it up. (laughs) Well, you know, the problem is, is the septic is Mm -hmm, right in the mm -hmm, middle of it. mm -hmm. And you're not really supposed to, because we don't have sewer here. You're not supposed to put roots that will dig into it. it could wrap around them. And the Mm -hmm. builder went, well, it'll go Mm -hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. and puncture it and ruin it so that's why we had to put our garden all yeah. the way and i mean literally if you go out there our garden is like one inch yeah. from the line where you could put something yeah. i need to so. see a different shot and you're gonna have to do this in one of your future youtube videos i need to see like the shot of your backyard area your backyard you know garden like the grass the beds like i, I want to see like what what size are we talking about here because we need to figure out some other ways to get more garden space in there that's coming okay. all right that's coming and, and you know and plus the reason and this is very important for people who are thinking about starting a garden is that was the size garden that i can manage myself oh, that's so key yeah you know, yeah without taking over my entire life like i mean i started out at this house with one bed and then the next year I put up three beds and then I was like, okay. And then we had that tree fall. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this section over here where I just plant stuff and leave it. So it's kind of what I can manage myself too. That's why I, I designed it the way I did. I, I, we have to dig in a little bit there. Um, it's, Go ahead. it's so critical. I mean, I don't know if it matters if we talked about it or not. If we have, we're going to talk about it again. Um, so if you've ever seen a be better garden video and you start counting the beds and when you, you start to say, are we at 294 already? Right. You know, 338 garden beds. How is that possible? Um, but in all seriousness, I look at the garden beds that I had this time in 2018 and the count was the equivalent of five five garden beds, right? Smaller sizes than you're dealing with. 
Um, and like you said, that was what I was able to manage, right? And I, I was working right. full time then, you know, still had a social life, but I was commuting every day. Um, and it was a task to manage that. Plus, you know, I had flowers somewhere because that's the way I roll. Um, and as the years have gone by since then, I've realized I can make more time for another bit here and another bit there. Um, but that's so critical. Like we talk about the space we're in now, and maybe you do have room for 332 beds, 32 yeah, yeah 332 beds if you do we'll absolutely i send us pictures of it um but if you don't you know one bed one sound one garden you know? i mean you know my question to you is because i don't have more beds does that make me less absolutely of a gardener not absolutely not exactly. if you are growing a thing attempting to grow a thing Guess what? Your there it is. Man. Get the tattoo. Well, maybe not the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> get the tattoo. Do it. I got mine, so you yeah, get yours. Yeah. Actually, I'm supposed to get a gardening tattoo, but I think I'm going to hold off because of this coronavirus mm, situation. Yeah, so. it's probably a smart move. But um, no, I mean, it's, you know, I've thought about that a lot because, you know, I watch a lot of people's videos on YouTube and stuff like that. You see these like huge gardens and then I show mine. But the thing is, is I'm happy mm-hmm. with what I get out mm-hmm. of it, too. I'm pretty happy with the amount of food that I get out of it. So I feel like for uh, 98 square mm-hmm. feet. No. Yeah, 98. No, 128 square feet. I'm just going to nod because I don't, I'm not going to do the math. So I'm going to go with yeah, what you say. Yeah. We're just 32 mm-hmm. times four. Sounds right. 32 times four, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it right now. Um I feel like I get enough out of it. And now that I've switched to square foot gardening, can go one or two directions. I can get more or I can be a f- total mm-hmm. flop. And I'm be, I'm going to be royally pissed if it's a total flop this yeah, year. Yeah, I look, forward to, <laughs> of I look all forward to recording this one way or another, right? You know, so. I'm going to, if it's good, you're going to hear me laughing. If it's bad, you're going to hear a rant like you've never heard so before. So just for the record, I believe in square foot gardening. So the success is just really in the gardener is my prediction. Take it how you want it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, and we were talking, yeah, we were talking the other day, um, Batavia and I, and we were like, you know, it's crazy how we started out. We didn't know anything mm-hmm. about gardening. And my reply to her was, I know. And the crazy part is I still got food yeah. out of my garden. Yeah. You know, and it's not like I, I sat down and just studied before I did the garden. I just mm-hmm. kind of did it mm-hmm. and learned as I went. And I think that's a beautiful thing, especially like, and the time of victory gardens that we're talking about, like when people want to start a garden and they're scared and it's like, dude, after your first year, you've learned so much mm-hmm. about gardening. It's crazy. So you know? truth moment. What is the one thing that you have attempted to grow and failed at? Uh, you got to give me some more boundaries. Cause <laughs> yeah. there's a lot. So I'm not saying that there's a single one. But I'm sure there is at least one. I'm going to give you my one that comes to top uh, top of mind. It is blueberry bushes, blueberry trees. I um, yeah. I have five in my garden right now that I have said a silent prayer to the garden gods every evening because I hope that this is the year that they're going to actually produce fruit. 
Are you scared they're dead? They're dead, Ben. They were dead last year. But I'm sure? not I'm Are not sure? willing to I'm not going to put them in the ground yet. Get it? Put it in the ground like bury them, you get it. Um I'm not 100% yeah. sure. I think that I ordered them online from a reputable company, got them. They looked a little bit spotted. I followed the directions very closely. I planted two in ground and I planted three in pots. And they never produce any blueberries for me. The leaves slowly turned brown and, and dropped. Um, I What time of year did you get I them? I got them probably around June or July. So go out there tonight. Take mm-hmm. your thumb. Go to the base of the, mm-hmm. of the trunk and scratch the first layer of bark down to the mm-hmm. cambium. And if it's green, it's alive. If it's not green, it's dead. That's how you do it. So you just take your thumbnail again and you, you, you scratch that first layer of bark off and you'll, you'll strip the bark a little bit and then there could be another thin layer underneath that. And if you see it, scratch that a little bit, you don't have to go mm-hmm. super deep, but you do need to get in there. And if you see green, you're good. If you don't take it out, start so over. You want me to hit the pause button on the podcast? I can go out there. Should I wait? I'll wait. Okay. All right. Because there there are two things. One, if they're really dead, dead, um, I'm going to use that space to grow something else. Because look, listen, I'm going to put that behind me and keep on moving. If they're not dead and then I ultimately pulled them up, I would have been like, oh, I could have had so many blueberries because blueberries are expensive. Um, So that's a great tip. Thank you. I'm going to do that once we wrap up uh, and I'll let you know how it goes, guys. Yeah, anything woody like that. That's, that's the trick. Because that's what I do with mm-hmm, my bonsai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do it every winter. I go through and I scratch mm-hmm. the bark. And I say, oh, okay, it's good. It's still got life in it. I'm not saying it's yeah. going to be perfect, but it's got life in it. So that's a good way to do it. That would but, be um, a victory. You know, like, that would me, be a victory. <laughs> yeah. So for a long time, I fought with mm-hmm. cabbage. And I got my first cabbages this year. Um, but see, you have to remember, too, I started in a climate a lot like yours when I started doing my own mm-hmm. personal gardening and then I kind of had things figured out, but the seasons were so different. And even though I'm from North Carolina originally and I knew the season still growing is very tricky down here sometimes until you get a, a real handle on your, your climate. So I had a hard time getting cabbages to grow down here. And, um, actually butternut squash has been kind of, um, hit or miss for me too don't know why but it's just like sometimes i get them sometimes i don't i've never grown butternut squash um and i grew oh gosh that's some money savings that you'll never mm-hmm. believe if mm-hmm. you can get them i grew cabbage for the first time last year i actually did a little experiment i grew two heads of cabbage so again i didn't i mean it's what 394 beds that's still not a lot of garden beds so i right. only dedicated a small amount of space i bought the um to the cabbage. I bought the starter plants from a little um, nursery near me. And I planted two heads of cabbage, just two, inside a raised bed that's kind of in ground, right? And then I planted two heads of cabbage inside a raised bed that sits on my concrete patio. They actually were also on the same bed that my collard greens were in, for what it's worth. Um, And I was just curious, you know, could I grow them all on my patio? Because that would be good because I want to grow other things in the bed that's in ground. 
And towards the end of the season, when I pulled them all up, the ones that sat on my patio were beautiful. The ones in the in-ground bed, not so much. I don't think it's necessarily the bed condition. I think maybe it had something to do with the the amount of sun. The patio gets a lot more sun than the ones that uh, sit in the in-ground bed. The porch shades that off. So I think that that's what the issue mm-hmm. was. Um, but either way, I'm happy to say my first year I got four edible heads of cabbage. Yeah, I got six this mm-hmm. year, so I've, mm-hmm. I'm winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brussels sprouts, I tried that last year, and that was yeah. a big dud. And the thing that really sucks is I, I let them stay all summer, and I was like, they're gonna get they're gonna get a Brussels sprout on them, and my whole bed was just like a waste yeah. all summer. I was just like, I'm gonna get one. It never got a single Brussels sprout. What's the sprout, uh, so. growing time for that? Is that one of those 100 plus days, or are they a shorter season? Uh, can't give you an answer for mm-hmm. that right now. So, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, when you start, you know, nothing. And then each year you just learn little by little. And like we talked last time, or did we talk about like when we research gardens? I think that I thought it in your listening device captured it. So we didn't talk directly, but you have my opinion on it. Yeah. So like my, yeah, my question is, (laughs) is like Batavia, like when do you, do you always just read stuff about gardening and watch yeah. it or, you know, how does, how do you yeah, do you that? You asked me about that. And I was just like, you know, when, okay. so my answer again, cause you know, some probably didn't hear that one. I thought I answered and said, I research it when the thought comes, but I realize I quite literally wake up thinking about garden, garden things. And so I'm always plugging something into some place to find some answer. Yeah. Yeah, like right now, I'm I'm all about the square foot gardening, like learning everything mm-hmm. I can. And I mean, honestly, once you learn how to plant something, it's not really rocket science. The problem is, is the knowledge that I have about some of the plants brings me to question some of mm-hmm. it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't square foot gardening yeah. material, you know, like, a zoo, like they say, you can put a zucchini in a square foot garden. Well, let me tell you what I learned at 11 o'clock last <laughs> night. You can put it into a square foot garden, but it takes up four square feet. So I've seen something online, and whether or not you want to give this a try, I've seen someone grow zucchini plants vertically. They basically train it. It's it's some time that they put into it. So in that model, you could do a zucchini plant in a single square foot. Well... The problem with that is um, powdery mildew is a real bitch. We're not here to talk about problems. We're here to talk about things to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then you're in the wrong spot, sister. Stop introducing problems here. Listen. (laughs) Well, I mean, and the reason why I bring it up is because a lot of people want to try and grow a lot of things vertically, Mm -hmm. and I'm all about growing things vertically. And I'm sure there's people that have done it successfully. But in my experience, like, if you grow a zucchini plant, it grows, and and this really is particular to like yellow mm-hmm. squash. It grows, and then all the leaves kind of yeah. splay out, right? Well, that allows the air to get through it and dry everything off. But once you start going vertical, you don't get that yeah. airflow. So then you're introducing other problems. So you're kind of forcing a plant to do something it doesn't want to do. You and listen, it's not. We're almost at an hour. We cannot walk into that territory. Boy, let's not start talking about bending nature here. 
<laughs> you know what? Let me let me go on record and say this. This is an embarrassing moment in my life. So, as you all know, I grow bonsai, and I took a two-year class about it. And every weekend we would get together and we would talk about it. And you know, you you a lot of people that listen to us probably don't even know, but you wire the trees to form mm. shapes. Well, you know, they're talking about it and. I was like, yeah, I don't really wire my trees. I feel like nature does what it wants with the tree. And everybody looked at me like I was, a, you know, I was spitting on the cross. I mean, you know, I got nervous as a whore in church sitting there, boy. I was like, oh, Lord. And I was like, I looked around and I was like, dang. And then as the class went on, I was like, that was the wrong way yeah, to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, but there, that's a different concept. But, you know, like I grow... um Butter, butternut squash mm-hmm. vertically and that's just a vine so all I have to do is tie it up so it still has mm-hmm. that airflow I'm going to find like that, that video um, because the guy actually pruned it you know you've heard of like the, what is it single stem um, tomatoes or whatever so he actually it, yeah. it was very similar to that and he pruned it that's why I said it's a lot of work but anywho I'm okay with you never growing zucchini in a square foot I, I totally believe in it makes sense for the book and for the movement, right? You can grow anything in a square foot. And the reality is, as gardeners, we come across things just based on our knowledge where we say, you know, I'm not going to take that chance or I'm not going to try this. I'm going to try this other thing instead. Um, so I want to go back a second, though. You talked about kind of the idea of how many beds you had when you first started. You talked about kind of the knowledge, remember the knowledge that we had and what we've gained. It's funny because if I go back to my first gardens, it's not just that I didn't want have or want to dedicate as much time to it. You know, that in part kind of tied to how many beds I had, but it also was how familiar I was with gardening, like how comfortable I was with growing these things. At that time I was just like tomatoes, cucumbers, some peppers, like this is what I feel good about growing. And this is a win if I get produce from this. But as you progress, you know, year after year, you learn new things, right? You take that thing to that next level because you've learned more. You're going to step out and grow this third or fourth or fifth or sixth thing. So it's, it's, it's a journey. It's so corny, but it's true. No, it is a journey. It really is. And it is corny. And it's okay. It's quite okay to be corny sometimes. But, you know, and if, if you're listening to this, if you've made it this far, because we've gone way off subject. It's all relative. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> it is all relative. But if you are going to start a victory garden, then it's important to know that, you know, people just, you learn as you go. And you're not going to fail. If you plant, a, if you start a garden bed, you're going to get something out of it. Unless you just don't water it. Like people are like, I got a black thumb. That's just because you don't water. Because if you water it, you're not going to have a black thumb. It's real easy. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get 50 tomatoes off one plant. You might only get one. But guess what? You're still going in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean... I was just going to say, I just read a little clip of Victory Gardens. And in part, the description was to um, ease food shortage and to, here's the key, boost morale. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been working like hell on my garden lately, and usually I'd be probably two weeks. It w- I would not be this. I'd be I'm two weeks mm-hmm. ahead of schedule on where I'd mm-hmm. be in my garden. But I felt the urgency and quite frankly, the yeah. boredom. 
It's so, been... you know, I'm learning how to play guitar uh, too. So I do a little yeah. bit of guitar. I've been doing that beforehand, but now I go out and do that. But it really has helped. So. I've been actually um, catching up on my spring cleaning from 2016. I, I'm still a little bit behind on that. So, um, uh, <laughs> but I am super early when it comes to things, all things that are gardening. Um, I, up until this year, which again, this is all, you know, kind of coming together for me. I would be thinking about gardening maybe next month, but I would start visiting stores and maybe like, may or something um and i don't know if i've ever put a plant in the ground before june 1st you know so dude there's somebody else on instagram that told me that the other day from chicago what is it with you people are you sure it wasn't me no it was not you because i i <laughs> yeah, double checked yeah, yeah. you double checked it you double checked well, the person see, was no, from chicago it, yeah. <laughs> well no because you know how i told you that since i followed you and i went through and followed some of your people that instagram profiled <laughs> me so now all I get recommend is black female gardeners. That's my tribe. That's my tribe. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, and it's even on Facebook now, like, and I, mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I think it's yeah. funny. So like I'm following and I saw like her little uh-huh. icon or whatever. It looked kind of uh-huh. like you. And I was like, okay. And she goes, yeah, usually I don't put anything out until June. And I was like, Batavia? <laughs> I'm like, no. And I was like, but they're from uh-huh. Chicago. And I was like, what is it with well, y'all? You know but- what? Because Chicago and a lot of folks in the Midwest, man, it could still be 40 degrees, you know, on Memorial Day. Right. You know, so that's what always the 28th, yeah. 29th of the month or something of May. So we, we get some super cold weather. I was um I was out in the yard this morning because the whole theme is um, work. Start planting when you're able to work the ground like that's for a lot of, you know, veggies. And so I haven't paid much attention to the wait for it front yard garden area yet um but i was uh, i know i know i was out there and um (laughs) i kind of just put my fingers in the soil and i'm like gosh this is still so crunchy because we've had 30 degree temps like we've had freezing temps you know these last couple of weeks and i'm just i'm looking at the forecast it's going to get to 50 degrees fahrenheit and i'm saying this is my time to shine but then I, i had to think back to say this soil has been pretty cold for a pretty long time. So there's still some time left. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably more so the scare of really cold temps, you know, in May going towards June. So it's a safe period for us, but I'm going to be a renegade. So we're going to figure out who that was and we're going to try to convince her to plant earlier. I'm growing more things as a seedling. So I'm going to have more, if you will, to be able to plant. So I'm going to try to get out there and, and plant as early as May 1st. I mean, this is like mind blowing for me, right? I'm not going to put everything out. If you, know? you, if you plant the right things, yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, I'm not going to put everything out. And that's important though. People need to know when to plant mm-hmm. certain things. Now, actually, you asked me what I fail at every year, and I'm going to tell you, I fail at a fall crop every year. It doesn't matter what it is. I completely fail because I don't have my mm-hmm. timing right. I Fall crops I tried for the so. first time last year because, remember, again, I'm planting for the first time in normally June or July. So I'm just happy to get tomatoes, you know, in, in September or October, right? Um, but last year I did try a fall crop, and my timing was so convoluted. As a matter of fact, I accidentally overwintered spinach which was supposed to be in my fall crop. So I didn't get any of it last year, but I've been looking. The bed is covered, 
with some plastic, but I've been looking and I have a bit of spinach. I mean, it's enough to put on a sandwich, you know, you know how fast spinach goes, uh, but I'm hopeful. But what does that tell you? That I could have veggies in the winter. And you can start planning early. Earlier than now? Well, your 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 environment's a little volatile when it comes to temperature, but um, you know, as soon as there is some stuff that you put out two weeks before your last frost date, so you can do like uh, your kales uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah, so I so. just started kale seed seeds. Um, what's today? I started them ten days ago from when we we're recording this. And um, I for sure now know, because there's still some nervousness. Remember, if you listen, I'm starting seeds indoors for the first time this year. So there's still some nervousness around um, putting things out and then the weather taking them away. So I actually did intentionally wait a little bit longer, but I've already learned in this short period. I have like three or four kale plants that were from last year. They're still out there and I see new green on them. Um, So a lesson that I've already learned going into the 2020 garden season is I could start kale indoors in like, you know, January or February and get them out into the garden now. How, I mean... You'd probably be better off to overwinter them over the winter. Yeah, because you're taking them out of us. I don't know how warm you keep your house. Oh, it's a sign But you're here, taking man. them, let's just say, <laughs> I'm sure it is. So 75 mm-hmm. degrees, and then you're going to throw them in 40 degrees. That's kind of a shock. Because you're, what you're doing is you're expecting them to grow at that temperature. Well, I'm not so, expecting them to grow. I want them to be established as the weather starts to warm up. But what we have done is, I'm going to write it down. This is a new experiment for Be Better Garden. We are going to do some fall planting and overwinters some kale. And then we're going to also put some new kale plants out earlier in the year in 2021. Yeah. Challenge! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, if you, because I have the same thing, like my cabbage made it through the Mm -hmm. winter this year. But if I put them out early, what they do, because again, I research stuff when I want to learn it, not just randomly. But so I was really like, you know, what's the secret sauce? Like, how do you make it happen? And the way to do it, from what I understand, and it makes sense is you get it to grow in like for me, August. So when it goes down to um, get real cold, then it'll be already established because it'll really kind of stop mm-hmm. growing yeah. at that mm-hmm. point. And then as soon as your weather warms back up, though, boom, it'll start mm-hmm. growing again. It's like your kale now because it's already mm-hmm. well established in your yeah. garden. So essentially, you're going to be eating off that kale all spring. You're going to get an earlier harvest than yeah, you've ever had. Yeah, that's the cool part. It was my intention to, and I'm still going to work on this. This is still part of the plan. I wanted to um, be able to actually harvest kale from under the cover over the winter months. So you're exactly right. The kale and these other veggies that are hardy will not grow in my climate in December, in January. There won't be any new growth there, but whatever is already established, if proper care is taken, can be maintained. And if in this case, proper care in my book when it comes to you know being able to harvest throughout the winter i didn't do that these beds are completely exposed but this kale plant is hardy enough to survive the roots are still intact and this weather is coming to a place where i'm seeing again new growth so i'll likely have kale to consume at some point around 
you know, late April, early May. Right. And that's not going to be the case based on my starter plants is going to be the ones that are still sitting in the bed. So what you should do, you want me to give you a piece of advice? I mean, you can give it to me. How about I give you a task? I'm not going to no, give, you a give me a piece of advice because that lets me, you know, I can decide whether or not I want to do a task <laughs> like you're assigning work assignments, you know, <laughs> tonight. Go out there and stick some kale seeds in the ground just to see what happens right now. See if they'll start growing and make it. See, that's not a advice. That's not a task. That's an experiment. And you know I'm a sucker for an experiment. That's right. That's what we do because hashtag science Absolutely. is cool. Absolutely. So in addition to stripping my thumbs back to try to figure out if my blueberry plants are alive. You know, I'm actually not going to do it tonight. I'm going to do it tomorrow because the temperatures are going to be a high of 57 degrees and there's going to be a little bit of sun. Yeah. And that's key to do it that way too. That's really mm-hmm. important because you're kind of giving it mm-hmm. a jump start. But yeah, I would do that because I think you're and you know, that and your spinach and stuff, I think you'll you'll get a pretty good idea moving forward, you know, especially in the day and time we're in like right now you can kind of get away with a couple yeah. seeds. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Some of the things that I do in general in my garden, that's the reason why he knew setting up an experiment for me was going to get me. Like I'm in part doing it to see what happens, to see what happens this year, but also it's going to inform my decisions next year. Right. You know, so. Yeah. All right. So what I experiment on something in my garden, three things every year at minimum. I don't have a number, but we'll see. Um, So, so far we have the blueberry update for folks, because I know you're you're dying to know what's going to happen with those. Um, And we have the kale challenge. Making some notes here. We'll see what happens. She's scribbling. You can 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 have a pencil. I'm old school, right? I'm excited to see how if it grows up there because it'll be, you know, I think it's too important for the listeners because they'll be, you know, maybe they don't want to mm-hmm, test it. Mm-hmm. But you've got yeah. the space. 388 you know I mean? bids, so, yeah. Well, no, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm really beds. excited about that. I, I can actually see it because if I don't have to grow kale plants starting them from seeds indoors under grow lights if i can put them into the ground and grow them guess what i have more room to grow indoors now flowers flowers (laughs) yeah and that's what we do i mean you know i think about because i don't do my zucchini Mm -hmm. my melons my squashes all that direct sow Mm -hmm. in my yard so i don't have to worry about putting that out into the in my taking up space on my seed table and that's how i keep my seed starting station so small or hardening them off right you know yeah i don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about any of that and just stick them right in the ground and i am a little bit delayed because of that but that's all right and uh, that kind of speaks to my lazy hashtag lazy gardener you know persona yeah I actually have enjoyed just, an, I mean, it's all related to, you know, the Victory Garden. I've enjoyed um, starting seeds indoors, like having my hands in something that's like dirt or soil. Um, I've enjoyed, I actually went through a watering of them. Like I've enjoyed that. That's a part of what I enjoy about gardening. However, if I didn't have to do any of this, if I could be outside in the garden planting, that's where I'd be. Um, but it's just not feasible yeah. for everything that I'm starting indoors. But for the things that, that it is feasible for, I'm going to be all over it. I actually had this plan for collard greens. I, no, no, not collard greens. I was going to drop some seeds for broccoli and um, cauliflower. 
So maybe I'll just make a note. I'm going to do all three of those tomorrow and see what happens. Kale, cauliflower, your favorite, Ben, and uh, broccoli. I don't like cauliflower. I I despise it. But as um, I've been tempted to give it some more chances. So that's what I'm I'm actually going to give it so much of a chance. I'm going to grow it this fall. You know, uh, you sure? (laughs) I'm sure. Broccoli, cauliflower, and kale. Got it. So now it's time for the recipe and I'm going to give you a vintage recipe from the days of the Victory Gardens. We're going to talk about borscht. Say who? No. You know what that is? Borscht. B-O-R-S-C-H-T. So what you're going to need for this is one onion, two garlic cloves, one large beet shredded, two stalks of celery chopped, two tomatoes diced, five carrots shredded, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, and one and a half liters of your favorite broth, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. I personally use vegetable broth because I'm vegetarian. Um, You add all of the ingredients into a Dutch oven or a large pot, whatever you have. Um, Bring it to a boil. Let it simmer for one and a half hours. That's right. You heard me. One and a half hours. If you have a pressure cooker, you can cook it that way too. And then you remove it from the heat and you taste it with, uh, you season it with salt and pepper and then put a dollop of sour cream right in the middle of it when it's in your Mm -hmm. bowl and enjoy it. So, um, it's just a real hearty dish and it's packed full of vitamins and nutrients. And these are basically all things people would have grown back in the victory garden, except for the, the sour cream. <laughs> That's a, a modern victory garden element. Actually, I guess you could mix. I don't even know how you make sour cream, but, um, yeah. And then you just go from there. Simple recipe. Do you like beets? I do. Beets. Beats beat Battlestar Galactica. Oh, good grief. I um, We could go on another two hours about the beets <laughs> that I tried to grow last year, too, but that's another story. All right. I've made note of the recipe. No, was, it will uh, be a fall recipe for me, I think, because I want to grow the things in my garden that's going to make up that recipe. Well, maybe not. Ooh, you're well, maybe make not it? the onions, because, you know, we've already decided that onions aren't the thing. I'm growing I did them. buy onion seeds, just so you know. Not for this year, thinking about for onions. next year. Oh, yeah, in the square foot garden. Did I write that down? Are they are those in the square foot bed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We're going to have another um, episode that's just all about this square foot gardening thing, because it's got me in a total tizzy over here. Are you so. rolling your eyes about it? Like, you are begrudgingly being dragged to the square foot garden, and I feel like I have... I have no, your ankles just, or something, and I'm dragging you, and I'm happy to do it. No, it, <laughs> it's so different. That's my thing. It's just such a different concept mm-hmm. for me. And uh, in the in the next episode coming up, one of them we're going to talk about why I have I have come to a realization, as a matter of fact. Well, I appreciate it because I know that in some cases, I've mentioned this before, I can be rigid in things, but I can appreciate you mm-hmm. have kind of opened up to a new way. And we'll see what you 
what you think about it yeah yeah i mean i mean i roll my eyes and i joke about it but i'm, I'm truly mm-hmm. excited about it and um i'm documenting the whole thing on the youtube channel so uh, if you want to follow my my adventures in square foot gardening and basically me talking to myself about it on a camera <laughs> and questioning myself be sure to tune in is there anything you want to tell the good people that you got coming up, Batavia? Well, while you are following Ben on the first adventures of square foot gardening, uh, I'd love for you all to come along and see what's happening with uh, these seedlings that I've started. I'm putting like I'm baking everything on the seeds that I'm starting indoors. It's my goal to not buy any vegetables as starter plants. Um, and I'm on like step three of what feels like step 200. So... Check me out yeah. on a few different channels. YouTube channel, Be Better Garden. Instagram, Be Better Garden. Facebook, you wonder, Be Better Garden. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we got for today, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. We got a little bit off subject, but if you're interested in starting a victory garden, then all of it is definitely applicable to you. Sorry, hard word for me to say. <laughs> And um, you guys enjoy. Let us know. Keep that victory garden going. And uh, support your family, friends, and your neighbors. And grow some for yourself. And until next time, we'll catch you later. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. You can find us at Backyard Gardens the Movie on Facebook. And Backyard Gardener on Instagram. And YouTube is Backyard Gardener, where I'm doing videos showing cooking and building gardens and gardening tips, all kinds of good stuff. And you can find Batavia at... You'll find me on Instagram at B underscore Better Garden. And then you'll find me on Facebook, same name. And then I'm also over on YouTube at Be Better Garden. I am sharing hashtag Garden Joy every chance I get. I hope you enjoy. So if you have any questions, hit us up on all of our platforms anywhere you want, and we will be more than happy to help you with what you can. And again, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.